John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. Today we've also got our engineer taking notes here, Emmanuel, who's also of Greek origin. Emmanuel Komeno. Komeno, it's good to have you here, Emmanuel. Auctioneer star of the future. He's an auctioneer. Um, he does a number of things. How old are you, Emmanuel? 22. 22. It's good to have you on Just board. Just won the New South Wales Auctioneer Novice Competition. Did. But now he's going to be after the big one, the Australasian Seniors. The That'll one. be next year. Okay. Um, what are we doing today? Q&A. Q&A Q Q &A. Tuesday or is it Q&A Wednesday? It's Q&A Wednesday, Q &A isn't Q &A it, Troy? Yep. It's good to know when the day the podcast comes Q &A out. Q&A Wednesday. Yep, absolutely. There you go. Okay. <laughs> this, is a pro this is a professional outfit, but it is supported by our friends, realestate.com. <laughs> And uh, let's go. Send in your questions because we have some good ones and we're going to go through one today. But we love Q&A Wednesday. So let us know. Here is a question. I'm 20 years of old, uh, 20 years old and have been in the industry for four months now. At my current workplace, we do no training on topics such as scripts, dialogues or anything to do with real estate. Mm. All we do is personal development training, which is approximately 30 minutes a week where we just watch some inspirational YouTube clips. How crucial and important is training and how much should I be receiving? I've asked for more support in training but haven't got any. So, um, by the way, that describes the vast majority of the industry and probably our listeners that most officers, and this is not a criticism, but most officers probably don't provide an incredibly deep uh, library of information every day to their team. But the good news is, for everyone, is it's all available out there. Yeah. And I love the fact that, I mean, the good news from this office is they're getting their team together for 30 minutes a week and putting on some YouTube stuff, and, and I expect and hope maybe discussing it afterwards. And, and for, for principals and for agents listening, that, that is like should be a great part of your sales meeting. I remember you know, when I was running our sales meetings here, and probably when they were a little bit smaller, because now we've got you know, a lot more people and, and, and listings to get through, but we used to always finish with you know, 30 or 40 minutes of, of uh, it was old cassette, remember Tom? You and I yeah, remember the old cassette yeah. tape. And we'd play them and then we'd debrief them. And I think it's a really good thing to do on a regular basis. So John, in 2015, um, you do not need the principle of the business to provide the training. The mm -hmm. truth is it's a self-development, self-directed education. In mm -hmm. fact, anyone listening to this podcast right now could in the next 12 months um, create their own 12-month syllabus consisting of podcasts, YouTube clips, blogs, ARIC, mini workshops, um, lunches with other superstar agents, book in 12 of those a year. You could have mm. audio books, as Troy talked about last week from audible.com. So the content and information is out there, but I want to narrow it down because this question talks about, to me, training's about two components. Number one is attitude, motivation, um, keeping you fresh mm -hmm. and hungry. And number two is skills development. There are skills, negotiation, closing, um, the dialogue, how to conduct a perfect listing presentation. Um, yeah. Um, position descriptions for your staff members. Um, so, Well, you might call technical skills. Technical and skills. And the other one is kind of energy and enthusiasm and belief and what I call passion and process. So the process is the stuff that keeps you organised on tracks and it's the skills and the product knowledge and the passion is, you know, you've got to be someone that moves other people. But first you've got to move yourself. You've got to inspire yourself before you can inspire So, John, you need, you need both, isn't it? 
I think it's really important to have both. Um, and both can be obtained in so many different ways. And you just named a, a lot of great sources, Tom. But, and I think a blend of everything is important because I love going to conferences. I find sitting in a room, whether it's Eric or one of Glenn Twiddle's events or you know one of your events, but sitting in a room of people with your phone off and you're there and you're focused and there's kind of like this group energy of wanting to get ahead. So that, that's really critical. The other thing is you meet people that can change your life. Could be in the coffee line waiting to get a coffee in the break and all of a sudden you're standing next to James Tostevin or Matt Steinway and you think, wow, um, pretty amazing. And I remember just bumping into some people at NAR in my lifetime that have changed my life and have become lifelong friends as well. Because a, a conversation with someone can change your life, can't it? hundred percent, a hundred percent. If you're serious about changing your life, because the same person that's not as serious can have the same conversation and doesn't. So, but I think we're talking to the, the, the people out there that are really into growing their business and themselves. So I think that's important. I mean, I also, as you know, I, I listen to podcasts every day. So jump in the shower, stick on my little Bose stereo system that's in the shower on the, on the Bluetooth wireless thing, and I listen to Altitude or, or any number of podcasts. And that's kind of good, and, and it's funny, the metaphor, because I, I do it while I'm in the shower, and you know, while the water's, water's washing over you, so does that. So you're not as focused, but you're kind of hearing positive messages yeah. and mentally, and sometimes you know, I kind of drift off into a, you know, days I'm not thinking about. Other times I'm really listening intently, but it's just a good uh, activity to start your day. Yeah. So I think big events are good. I like little workshop events too, you know. If, if, if we hold a thing here, Troy, called uh, forums. You know, we call them JM forums where I get together 15 or 20 of our guys and we just have a discussion. For two hours, we sit there with really no particular agenda and we just say, you know, so what, what are your greatest issues? You know, what's challenging you? So, so John, That's I wanna, a good forum. I wanna, I wanna, uh, this guy here has been in real estate for four months now. Technical skills. What are five technical skills that if you were starting in real estate tomorrow, John, you would say, you need to nail these skills. These things are critical. They're going to affect your ability to get listings and make sales. What are five skills that you've got to become world-class at real estate? I, I think the two or three that are the most important for me, you know, clearly listing and everything that wraps around the listing. So, uh, and yeah, there's product knowledge and other stuff, but basically it's taking control at a listing, taking it down a certain path, understanding the goals of the client, being a great listener during the listing, and getting to a point where you can close for the business and get it most of the time. The good closers I know are getting 75, 80%, you and I know, yeah. getting 75, 80% of the business they want. Sometimes they walk out, they didn't actually want the business, they felt the vendor wasn't motivated or whatever. So you, so you feel, John, 100%, you won't have a great real estate life unless you can craft the perfect conversation that you can walk into a vendor, which mm. you will generally be up against more than one other agent, sometimes two to three. You've got to have a... Nothing happens until you list. Correct. You can be the world's best negotiator, best salesperson, best marketer. If you've got no listings, your business is dying. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to find what are the what's the secret sauce that the best agents are using that helps get listing and it's not one thing it's probably twenty or thirty little things they do that give the vendor because the vendor will go with the agent they like and trust and think can get the most amount of money yeah so how do you get someone to like you trust you and have confidence that you are the best outcome in an hour 
in, in an hour. So that's really critical. Um, the second one, which I just touched on lightly then, was negotiation. Yeah. It's, it's a skill that's really critical. And you know, otherwise, if you're, not, if you're not a skilled negotiator, you're a messenger. In real what, John, what makes a good negotiator? I think it's inf- look, a few things that are important. Information is really important. If you have the information, it, it does upskill your negotiator. Otherwise, you're kind of running in the fog. So you really need to have the information. Two is you need to be somewhat fearless. Um, you need to be able to ask the highest plausible amount, and you need to be confident in your delivery of that. Um, but it's also got to be come with the information because you know if I say to you, Tom, you know, here's the deal: you need to pay a million dollars full stop. They're not going to take a cent under. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, and you kind of, I'm delivering a message which has got a level of certainty and you're kind of starting to realise that maybe you're, you know, there's no point trying to negotiate. But if I can give you two or three key bits of information that will logically justify why this is... Because you emotionally want the house. I, no one ever makes me an offer that doesn't, hasn't emotionally bought the home. Even investors, they've emotionally, they've said, OK, I've, I've, I've spotted something, I really like it, I want to own it, now let's go through the negotiation. And, and, and in my view, Tom, is negotiation is not about money in the main. It's about perception that I've got the best deal I can yeah. on both sides. So if the vendor knows that whilst it's not the figure that they were hoping they would get, that this is the best figure they'll get on planet Earth, they'll do the deal. You use a term, care, but not too much. Not that much, yeah. That was a great story. I met uh, Herb Cohen, who last week we should have. We're going to add to your list of of um, great books is you can negotiate anything Okay. because Herb Cohen so long story short is I was having breakfast at the Regent Hotel which is now the Four Seasons in Sydney probably 25 years ago with a couple of friends I walked in I was went to walk to the restaurant on the ground floor and I saw one of those things that says um, um, con- media conference yep. Herb Cohen author of you can negotiate anything 9am this morning and I thought wow this was kind of a Sunday morning press conference so I thought, I said to my friends, I've read this guy's book. This guy's a guru on negotiation. I've got to go up and just see if I can maybe get a photo with him or whatever. Went upstairs, went in the room. There was him and his manager and no one else. And this was like five to nine. So unfortunately, no one had kind of turned up for the press conference. It was just him there. Right. Which was, you know, sort of uncomfortable and embarrassing, but it gave me a chance to have a chat with him. And uh, it was a great chance because actually no one turned up for the press conference. It was just him and his manager and, and we chatted for 20 minutes. And, and I said to Mr. Cohen, what is the number one piece of advice? I said, I've read your book and I love it. But I said, if you could distill it down, he said, John, care, but not that much. Yeah. So in a negotiation, if you're needy, yeah. people, people pick up on it and they push back and they sit there and they sit on their hands and they wait. Yeah. If you don't, given all the agents that are listening here, as many great agents listen to this, the best metaphor is, you know, you know that you are best. You can have a property on the market for two years. No one yeah. wants to buy it. You've decided it's unsaleable. Everyone else in the office, all of a sudden, someone comes along and says, I'd like to buy it. Uh, yeah, I'll pay full price. Within 48, 72 hours, you'll often find you've got two or three offers on it because yeah. your energy changes because you've mentally you've sold it. Yeah. So then someone else rings up and says, what about that home at Smith Street? Oh, look, don't worry about it. It's been on the market for a while. I've got it sold. It's going to contract. No, no, I'd like to see it. And then all of a sudden, people... And then you show them and they say, oh, well, you know, it's on the market for six fifty. Would they take six forty five? You say, look, no, no, I've got a full price offer. Really, I'll find you something else. Okay, I'll pay full but price. That's, what, what you're saying there is all of a sudden the person that was scared has become fearless. Correct. That's right. It's the fearless bit of the negotiation. Yeah. And it's kind of no neediness, in fact. And it shouldn't be misconstrued as complacency because it's not about arrogance or complacency. 
It's about not being attached to the outcome. So I say to buyers, and I mean it, this is not a negotiation strategy, but I think it ends up being one. I say, Tom, if this is the not the right home for you, I want to find you and Sula something else. Yeah. I, I don't want you ever contemplating buying a home that you guys don't love and you think is at fair price. I think this is at fair price at 650. Vendor won't take anything under 650. But if you don't agree, let's just find something else. But John, as you've just said that, what I think I think as a client is he cares more about finding me a house yeah. than him meeting his sales target for the month. And that's where the intention comes from, the intent. But what also happens in that little magical discussion is people don't feel if I said, Oh Tom, I disagree, I think it's really worth six fifty and you've got to pay six fifty and here's you know at some point you're kind of pulled back because I'm trying so hard and I'm desperate. And you know, you know this in personal relationships. People walk away from people that sort of are too desperate and yeah. needy. Yeah. Whereas if someone is, you know, I'm not saying aloof or disinterested, but kind of someone's just like pretty chilled out and you know, yeah, if we strike up a conversation, good. If not, no problem. I've got plenty of other people to talk to. That, that almost becomes in itself an attraction energy because there's that sense of confidence yeah. around that person or that negotiation. Yeah. So I think, I think that's gold. And I think any of our listeners should actually maybe listen to that for two or three minutes over in their head because I think that sometimes the over-enthusiasm of a real estate agent with a client can actually be unattractive because, as you said, John, people don't like desperate, needy people. And the reason why is they forget what the person says, but they never forget the feeling that the person said it with. The energy. Yeah. And it's got that desperation that that they need you. And also, maybe this is a bad decision. If someone is so desperate to get me, whereas if someone else has got six people behind me ready to take it, I may as well take it. Because, you know, I know they're going to sell it to someone. And I I don't often say that to someone because it's always the truth. Tom, you know... I don't have a problem because I want you and Sula to buy a home that you love at a fair price. Um, I've got four or five other appointments here on the weekend. I'll sell it anyway. But if you want it, that's fine. If you don't want it or if you don't think the price is something you feel comfortable with, I'm going to find you something else. Yeah. So I'm not here to waste your time. And, and like, if you mean it and you detach from the outcome, all of a sudden people say, oh, no, no, no. Well, it's... And I often say to people, yeah, what, go away and think about it. Don't give me an offer now. Go yeah. away and think about it. Have a cup of coffee. If it feels right, in a couple of hours, ring me back. Yeah. I haven't got another appointment till 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, so you're not yeah. going to lose it in the next two hours. Just go away and tell me. I've got other stuff I can do. So that's the care, but not that much stuff. Um, and I'd I think like, it's very attractive for the marketplace. So, John, let's do one final skill. We, we did crafting a perfect, unstoppable listing presentation. Yeah. We talked about negotiation, which is going to help you with buyers, sellers. Yeah. It's going to help yeah. you with every aspect of real estate. What's one other skill that if John McGrath started in real estate in 2015, in October, he would make sure that he got to a 10 out of 10 because he knows it's critical for success in real estate? I'll call it a skill and a lot of people will try and debate it with me, but I believe it is. It's connecting. A lot of people think you're either a natural connector, charismatic, people like you or they don't. My view is you can um, observe, learn from people that are very good connectors, and I won't say natural because I don't necessarily think they are natural, and have a look, you know. They, they have a certain number of things they do. They probably have good energy, they have good eye contact, they probably use your name, not overuse it, but use it. They ask you questions about you, they're interested in you. They take the, you know, they sort of say, so Tom, tell me about what is it like doing this, and tell me about your company, is it great to work for? 
and, and they have a series of things they do that at the end of that moment, conversation, whatever it might be, you feel, I like that person. If you yeah. think about it now, anyone who's currently now, you know, just listening to this, think about someone you really liked when you met them or someone you like that you see a lot of and then say, what is it, you know, just try and drill down, what is it that I like about that person and create a list. And if you do that on two or three or four different people, you'll probably find there's a huge commonality. Yeah. Um, yeah, part of it is trust, of course. You like yeah. people you can trust. So that's where consistency, transparency, and integrity is important. If you tell me something one day and then next week when you've forgotten what you told me, you tell me something else, all of a sudden I don't trust you. If I don't trust you, I don't like you. Yeah. So consistency is important. These, these sort of things. Um, so I, I think that would be connecting. Recognize it's not a natural gift. It's a skill you can pick up. Um, and if you can do connecting, you probably then need to develop the listing skills and repertoire and then negotiation. If you can do those three things for, for our four-month-in person, yeah. you'll be head of the real estate industry in Australia in no time because those three skills, everything else wraps around them. I mean, marketing is kind of something you can pick up fairly readily and if you've got a good supplier and a good photographer and a good floor plan artist and a good stylist, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. But, you know, negotiation, listing and connection are three skills that I would... All right. Hopefully that works. Gentlemen, it's great to see you. We'll see Boy, you... Boy, Troy's been very quiet today and we doubled his salary last week. Well, that's what actually happens. When you sign a contract, that's you amazing. stop performing. We see that happen in NRL. We see that happening in sports all the time. And uh, I thought I'd see a 2X in something, but he's been very, very quiet today. So we'll have to sort of investigate that. Maybe we'll go back to his old salary. The wiser you get, the less you say. Uh, we'll oh, see that. <laughs> let's let's finish on that. Let's finish on that. I can't beat that. I'm going to finish on that. Okay, we're going to. I'm speechless. Tom was on a roll. Tom was on a roll. No, let's finish. Just let it work. Okay. So to all our listeners out there, uh, we hope you'll come back next week. We have lots of stuff. Please send us in Q and A questions stuff. to tompanos.com.au or uh, on my Facebook or Twitter feed. We'd love to get questions. We've got another 10 questions, John, we've got to go through. Uh, right. Guys and girls, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Enjoy.